Welcome to Herman Singh's Future Compass. Understanding today, preparing for tomorrow. Super cycles rule our lives. The headlines screamed out the same titles. The isolation economy, the low contact economy. Yes, the move from high touch and low tech to low touch and high tech was already happening before this crunch, but the crisis was an accelerant. The COVID crisis did not cause pervasive digital adoption. It just turned out what was already important into something urgent. The innovators and early adopters were already living in a digital cocoon, and it was the late adopters and the laggards that suddenly came online, bringing with them associated complications. COVID also exposed the severe cracks in our social fabric. Essentially, society's construction was built like a game of musical chairs, and then the music stopped not with the absence of a single chair, but with the presence of only a single chair. Effectively, only the minority could sit comfortably. This was a shock to the many who were in the game because someone changed the rules without consultation. Although COVID left many struggling for medical survival, the hardcore mitigations meant that far more were left scrambling for economic survival. Certain assets and debt became toxic overnight. The stock exchange and commodity price collapse, overreaction, and equally overdone recovery are all history now, but some hard-hitting truths have emerged. Clearly, we have learned that there are no experts here, and nobody knows how this will play out. Well, that is a shock to most people because we're very unaccustomed to this level of uncertainty. We have experts for everything but this. We could not predict the duration of the recession, nor its lowest point. We could not ascertain when a vaccine would be safely available, and we could not be sure if immunity existed, nor how long it would last. This broke the fabric of reality for most of us. Humans seek self-preservation over all else, for ourselves individually, our genes, and our species. The pursuit of this has meant that as a species, we've developed a collective allergy towards instability. We are on an unending journey to seek and establish order out of chaos, and this has made us a risk and variability-avoiding species. We want control over our universe to bring us certainty and repetitiveness in our daily lives. We need to be able to plan and execute knowing with a high level of certainty that our mental intentions will manifest in the real world. Trains and buses must arrive when planned. Payments and messages are transferred as intended, and goods have the designed and marketed quality. Entire nations pride themselves in having a culture where everything works, just works as intended, every day. Civilization had arrived by 2020. We have been so for millennia. We moved from the uncertainty of the existence of a hunter-gatherer 5,000 years ago to the more stable existence of organized agriculture almost 3,000 years ago. And because it was still exposed to the vagaries of climate and war, we industrialized further 150 years ago to allow us to move food longer distances and preserve it for longer to enhance stability even more. All human endeavor is essentially geared to eliminating risk, variability, and uncertainty and thereby increasing stability. And this worked extremely well for its intended objective of self-preservation. The human lifespan today, on average, is around 70 years. It used to be around 30 years for most of human existence. Well done. The entire financial services industry owes its very existence to the fact that humans are inherently risk-averse. We would rather have a small, regular loss than one large one, hence the insurance industry. We insure to reduce the risk of suffering for us and those that survive us. We save to protect against an uncertain retirement. Truth in all fields of science needs to be able to be replicated before it can be taken as accepted wisdom. We extend this accepted wisdom into every aspect of our being as we normalize and systemize every aspect of our lives in the pursuit of this. 
We are a pattern-seeking and habit-forming species for exactly this reason. Once we find a pattern that repeats successfully, we repeat that into the future. Mimicking each other has been key for us to survive as a species. In the corporate world, this is called benchmarking, best practice, or strategic convergence. We build rules and processes to firm up the way that things work. From society and law to technology, we develop a systematic way of being. We define entire fields of endeavor called professions. These are individuals who are deemed competent in knowing what the rules are and how to apply them. And in areas where the rules are vague, then they can be trusted to apply discretion appropriately. Auditing, for example, is an entire industry that exists purely to ensure what is true and to secure stability. This results in institutions, nations, industries, and businesses being established. The elimination of variability in the medical field resulted in dramatic improvements in life expectancy. The improvement of process reliability enhanced quality for both products and services and resulted in much lower risks of failure from airplanes and cars to sending an airplane or making a phone call. Things must work the way they are designed to. This process of guaranteed repeatability leads us to relax, become less anxious and more complacent. We call this normal, where every day is the same as the previous one. And every process in our existence is repeatable consistently every time that we execute it. Cause and effect become tightly bound and create an illusion of mastery over the forces of the universe. This myth of control and certainty has been burst in the Great Reset. There is in fact no new normal. Supercycles, it turns out, have always been the normal. When one studies the history of human existence, it is rare to see anything lasting more than a few generations. Empires, nations, industries and businesses never persist forever. No social or religious system ever has. Even family businesses are generally burnt out by the third generation. And most nation-states, being in fact family businesses for millennia, have really lasted more than a few generations. The list of the top 10 largest firms in the world has been very volatile for 80 years. The S&P 500 is an index including the 500 largest firms listed on the New York Stock Exchange. The average tenure of the firms in the index in the 1960s was 60 years. By the 80s, it was 35 years. By 2010, it was 18 years. In fact, it is estimated that 75% of all firms in the index will have been replaced within the next 10 years. Why is this so? The theory proposed by a Russian economist called Kondratiev was that this was due to waves of disruption or supercycles, which occur every 50 or so years, and that resulted in a fundamental transformation of business and society. He drew these diagrams of the global economy going back over 250 years to illustrate his point. The great cause of this is creative destruction, as described by Joseph Schumpeter. They both argued that the power of human innovation was a blessing in disguise. The new ideas and technologies brought forth has always yielded new solutions to replace the old and caused great shifts in the allocation of resources and human effort, as well as in the balance of power. The fourth industrial revolution is in fact a misnomer. It misses the point that society's dynamics are in constant flux, and that although technology and industry have had an impact in the last 120 years, the power of dynasties, nationalism, military conflicts, and climate change, amongst others, have been shaping our existence for millennia, as have pandemics. The great con is that we just never noticed this in recent times because of an unusually long period of stability post the Second World War. Stability over a human lifespan this long is rare indeed. It manifested for several reasons, including 
a military stalemate between two great powers, immensely powerful economic growth to feed a rapidly growing population due to exponentially accelerating technological prowess and globalization and integration of the global economy. The world population has more than doubled in my lifetime. That's not a formula for stability. What was ignored was the fact that tightly coupled systems become more unstable as they over-respond to smaller stimuli. Imagine if this virus had struck in the 1980s. The global economy was far less tightly bound, and apart from the fact that it would have been harder for the virus to propagate, it also would not have damaged the world economy as much because many nations were largely self-reliant in terms of services and manufacturing. The interdependency has resulted in global consequences for local variability. Other factors were the unsustainable weakening of the biological ecosystem, the dangers of tight coupling on the propagation of viruses and bacteria, the excessive demands of an overpopulated planet, etc. This was compounded by the fact that the pace of innovation itself is increasing. The rate of change is increasing. The balloon had to pop at some time. The great reset of the world economy has had many consequences. There are now fewer jobs, more unemployment, more broken businesses, fewer opportunities in traditional business areas, and fewer resources with a lower risk appetite than we have seen in the last century. Wishing for a return to pre-COVID times is as illogical as wishing to go back to your teenage years. In the same way that it is said that you can never go home, well, you can never go back to the old normal. This is a world focused more on value delivery than ever before, and the implications for work and the ability to earn an income have become very severe. Every company that I've worked for and with for 40 years as an employee or a strategy advisor had many 2020 visions but severely lacked in 2020 vision. Clearly, there was no textbook for this, as there is not one for digital disruption. These are uncharted waters, and it's been clear that we each must paddle our canoe alone. Bastions of security have crumbled. From employment and travel to offices and government support, we have seen pillars of our reality erode. Doubts even persist as to the long-term health effects of an infection for many individuals. What do we do when there are no experts? We must learn, and fast. We must adapt and become agile. There are no rules, and there is no strategic map. We are suddenly all explorers and adventurers, cartographers in a newly undiscovered land. When rules change, everybody goes back to zero. A quote that hit home hard in the crisis. From the cruise ship industry and resorts to the airline ride-hailing and accommodation industry, we have seen a return to a zero-based budgeting approach. A physical hollowing out of industry as multiple assets were rendered useless overnight. No MBA prepared you for this eventuality. This is a black swan event on steroids. It is no longer about taking what we have and reducing the costs by 10% as in other recessions. This is a fundamental and complete overhaul of multiple industries simultaneously, happening in real time and needing to be completed before the cash runs out. Most governments were caught flat-footed in this crisis and clumsily stumbled their way forward. Merging biological medical security, macroeconomic and social theorists simultaneously to make sense of this madness. Leaders are often defined as the merchants of hope and were severely absent in this crisis. Yet what is clear is the number of individuals who did rush into the burning building not to rescue the inhabitants but to sell them Kool-Aid. As a global economy focused on survival, we realize that we do not need apps. We need sanitizer, toilet paper and connectivity. 
Miraculously, there was an explosion in the retailers of these, but also a land grab to secure scarce supplies of ventilators. And the most used acronym in this crisis after COVID itself, yes, PPE. Opportunity abounds in misery is a great lesson. This has truly been the great economy's greatest pivot. Instead of the great reset, we instead had the great repurposing. Uber went from transporting people to food to instead transporting food to people. Zoom was worth more than the top seven airlines combined because instead of transporting people to the work, we started transporting the work to people. Passenger planes became cargo carriers, hotels became hospitals, and Lyft drivers were ferrying patients to hospital. The cycle that we all seem to be going through is one of survival, sanity, reconnect, repurpose, redesign, regrow. This is the journey that we're all having to take through this train wreck that has decimated the middle class and humbled previously proud corporate giants. You're not helpless and in fact reactive and proactive strategies are both needed here. Many of these things are out of your control and just happen to us and all that we can do is respond to them. You've been listening to Herman Singh's Future Compass, brought to you by Future Advisory and Solid Gold Podcasts. Professor Singh specializes in digital transformation, disruption, and startup acceleration, and keeps his finger on the pulse of change so that you can make better decisions.